Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program when you visit walkintruth.com. Merry Christmas to you and yours from everyone here at Walk in Truth and Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. We hope today brings you joy and love as you celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus. Now please join us for the next half hour for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 7 about the prophecy of the Messiah's coming called Emmanuel. Now here's what God says through the prophet. Now within 65 years, Ephraim will be shattered, the northern kingdom, so that it is no longer a people. Get this. In 65 years, about 670 B.C., exactly as the prophet prophesied, Israel's population was effaced from history. Foreign colonists were settled in Israel by the Assyrian kings. The intermarriage with the few Israelites who had not been deported by Assyria resulted in the Samaritans and marked the end of Ephraim as a separate nation. This prophecy was fulfilled to a T. And some of you are familiar with the term Samaritans. Because that's the conflict at the time of Jesus that the Jews hate the Samaritans. Why? Some of you have heard. Because they intermixed, they intermingled with who? People in the north. Assyria had settled people there and Israelites married them and that produced the Samaritans. And more conflict. Exactly what God said would happen, happened. The head of Ephraim is Samaria. The head of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. This is verse 9. And then these words. If you will not believe, you surely shall not last. The you is plural here. If you will not believe, you will not be established New King James. Here's a word play. It's based on the word amen in Hebrew. Here's what it means. Believe and established are a play on the Hebrew, same Hebrew word from which we get our word amen. In the Hebrew picture language, amen means so be it, but it also in the picture is the life of a mother. Always there, always faithful. It's something like this. You could translate this language as hold God in doubt and you will not hold out. Or literally, if you do not firm up, you will not be confirmed, or the NIV has it, if you do not stand firm, Ahaz, in your faith, you will not stand at all. Ahaz, believe. Do you see how belief is much more than just some intellectual agreement? Okay, I believe. No, it's Ahaz, I want you to trust me right now in the most difficult moment of your life where enemies are coming from everywhere. I want you to trust me. Isn't that the hardest time to trust God? (laughs) I got plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan D, E, F, G. And then if those don't work, gulp, I think maybe I'll pray. That's us, folks. That's us using God as a last resort instead of our first go-to. God's like, hello, you're a Christian, right? Yeah, but hold on a minute. I'm trying to figure things out down here. (laughs) 
Really? Really? If you won't trust me now, you're not going to stand at all. For we live by faith and not by sight. That's our problem, right? I want to see things. I want to figure them out. I need a schematic. I need a bullet point list. I need a sign. Oh, we're coming to that. But that's where Ahaz is. See, if we'll lean on God, we'll stand. But if we treat God as irrelevant, we will become irrelevant. See, faith, and I think we all have heard this before, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Ahaz has to believe God for a victory that he hasn't realized. He has to trust God for it. And we say things like this, I don't understand, I I don't know. But faith has a future certitude. It is faith that takes hold of eternal life. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Faith is the, the handle by which we grab the promises of God and hold on to them and believe that God's holding on to us. And so the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. The prophet kind of moves into the background and he says, ask a sign. He knows how Ahaz is. He knows that Ahaz probably won't trust the word given by the prophet. So God says, okay, ask for a sign. Sometimes in, in Christian circles, we, we we're a little nervous about that. We, we've read Gideon's story and we say, should I put the fleece out? Uh, Lord, do you want me to go through door A or door B? I'm gonna fleece it. What does that mean to fleece it? Does it mean a soft, cuddly blanket that you buy at the market? No, here's what it means. It means that you're gonna ask God for confirmation. And I know we need to be careful with that, but get this, God is saying to Ahaz, ask me for a sign. Okay, you're not sure. You don't know if you can trust me. Ask me for a sign. Can you imagine that? God says to you, most of the time it's us saying, Lord, give me a sign. Give me a sign. This time the Lord's saying, ask me for a sign. What? I'm always the one asking. Yeah, ask me. I want to give you a sign. God says, hey, Ahaz, Ask from the Lord your God, make the sign as deep as Sheol or as high as the heavens. You got a blank check, Ahaz. Just tell me what you want and I'll give you a sign. How many of you would go, oh, think about that one for a second. What would you ask for? All right. A lot of people walk in the planet. I, I need a sign to believe. Okay. W- what do you want? Oh, if God could just open up the heavens and say, hello, I'm here. Do you know God did? He opened up the heavens and came down to us. He's already done it in the person of Jesus Christ. The the God-man who has dated the calendar of the world. People can't stop talking about him. Even the skeptics write their articles. Jesus, man or myth. Jesus, this or that. Oh, it comes out during Christmas season and Easter. You've all read the articles. They can't stop talking about him. And even the skeptics say, there was never a man like him. He's a great moral teacher, a great example. Of course, they ignore his very exclusive claims to be the singular way to be right with the Father. A blank check comes to Ahaz. Ahaz is told, ask for the sign. 
cash the check. But Ahaz responds, 12, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Doesn't that sound spiritual? Wow, what a spiritual God. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, wait, wait a minute. God just said, ask me for a sign and I'll give you a sign. I want you to ask me. No, I won't. Ask me. No. Ask me. No. What? That sounds spiritual until you really see it for what it is. He's trying to sound religious, but he's actually defying God. How many people? I don't want to pray and bother God. He's busy. He's running the universe. And... You know, we know, right? Sometimes it sounds noble until you really peel it back. What, what you won't ask God when he's asking you to ask him? No, I'm not going to do it. But Ahaz, God just told you to ask him. And so here's the response. Isaiah said, speaking for the Lord, listen now, O house of David. Is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of my God as well? It's one thing to do it to people. But when God says, ask me for a sign, and you say no, now you're testing the patience of God. But God says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Okay, you won't ask Ahaz. I'll give you one anyway. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Some people refuse to ask God for help in the ultimate sense. From the ultimate enemies that have been deployed against them, the enemies of sin, death, we could add Satan to that. They've looked everywhere else. They've heard the message time and time again. God says, ask me. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved, and people say, no, I won't ask. No, I'm not ready. No, I'm going to look at my other options. No, I'll put it off until my deathbed. No, I'm not sure I want to be a Christian and be too serious about this Christian thing. No, I'm not going to ask him. And so they remain in unbelief. Maybe you see yourself surrounded by overwhelming enemies and odds. Maybe that's why you're here listening to this. The invitation is for you. The sign has been provided. In the immediate lifetime, this fulfillment of Emmanuel would come in a child born to Isaiah and his bride. But a second greater fulfillment is another Emmanuel who will deal with the biggest enemies that Israel and this world could ever know. And on that Bethlehem night, an angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there in Judah, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Please listen. And this will be a sign for you find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger.
Hello, I'm Mirko from Corona here in Southern California, and you're listening to Walk in Truth. A reminder that this is a listener-supported ministry. Please give what you can when you visit walkintruth.com. If you can give a one-time gift of $360 or give $30 monthly, you'll partner with us to get this program on more stations, some secular, in 2020. We'll also make it so we can do more free apologetic events to equip the community. Learn how to donate on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. That's 844-48-TRUTH. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Some people refuse to ask God for help in the ultimate sense. From the ultimate enemies that have been deployed against them, the enemies of sin, death, we could add Satan to that. They've looked everywhere else. They've heard the message time and time again. God says, ask me. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And people say, no, I won't ask. No, I'm not ready. No, I'm going to look at my other options. No, I'll put it off until my deathbed. No, I'm not sure I want to be a Christian and be too serious about this Christian thing. No. I'm not going to ask him. And so they remain in unbelief. Maybe you see yourself surrounded by overwhelming enemies and odds. Maybe that's why you're here listening to this. The invitation is for you. The sign has been provided. In the immediate lifetime, this fulfillment of Emmanuel would come in a child born to Isaiah and his bride. But a second greater fulfillment is another Emmanuel who will deal with the biggest enemies that Israel and this world could ever know. And on that Bethlehem night, an angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there in Judah, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Please listen. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Do you know the verses that we've repeated so many times, heard, spoken so many times, this will be a sign for you is probably rooted in Isaiah 7. You will find Emmanuel wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You'll find God's promise that he would be true to deliver from the biggest enemies, not Assyria. Assyria's gone. Assyria's blown into the dust. The enemies that we're talking about now are sin and death. The prophecy couldn't be more specific. A virgin who's never known a man 
will bear the Messiah. How does the prediction of a virgin birth and a Messiah fit the scene? Isaiah was telling the wicked king that no one would destroy the people of God or the royal line of David. The Lord will give you a sign is a plural you. It indicates that it's to the entire nation, but more than that, it's to the world. But here's the question. If God is for us, we still have an option. Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. It's possible for God to deliver the sign, to provide his end of the deal, if you will, but we still have to jump on board. Check this out. This is Isaiah 8. Look at verse 13. It is the Lord of hosts, Isaiah 8, 13, whom you should regard as holy. He shall be your fear. He shall be your dread, 8, 14. Then he shall become what? A sanctuary. But to both the houses of Israel, a stone to strike and a rock to stumble over and a snare and a trap for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. You see, if you will trust the Lord, if you will fear him, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, if you will allow him to be treated as holy, then, 14, he will become what? He will become a sanctuary. But if you won't trust him, then he won't be your sanctuary. And as positive and encouraging and hopeful as Emmanuel is, there's a flip side. He is with us. But the question is, are we with him? And the good news is that he's so patient. You see, Emmanuel has come. He is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Once you turn all the way to Matthew, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. I want to show you uh, how Matthew refers to this great prophecy in a classic Christmas text, Matthew 1. And we'll finish up with this and just maybe kind of meditating on God's word with these angles in the book of Isaiah. Here's Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, Matthew 1.19. Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, or Jesus. It literally means, his name means, Yahweh is salvation. For it is he who will save his people from their sins. See, he will defeat the biggest enemy of all. Now all this took place, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, everybody can write there, Isaiah, might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph arose from his sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her, Mary, as his wife. 
and kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Father, thank you for Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you that you've already fulfilled your word. You gave the sign. You made the promise and about 2,000 years ago the fulfillment came on a Bethlehem night announced to Mary and Joseph and then the shepherds and others. Behold, in the city of David there's been born a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. You gave the sign of a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. There was no room for him in the inn. But Lord, the question I think that we've been asking is, is there room in our hearts for him? Lord, so many things can crowd out the truth of who you are, the hustle and bustle, the pains, the difficulties, the the questions that we have hovering over our souls. But thank you that you've said, ask me and I'll give you the sign. And the sign came, Jesus came. He is the sign that God loves us. He's not against us, he's for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Keep your head and heart bowed. If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if maybe you're at a point where maybe you're at a crossroads and you weren't sure which way you were gonna go, but you know you need to dedicate or even rededicate your trust to the Lord. Maybe storm winds have been blowing. Maybe forces have been deployed. And you have to decide, who will I trust? Where will I turn? Well, trust Jesus because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will give you what you need, not always what you want, but what you need. Would you trust him? That's really the question. Would you not be like Ahaz, but be more like Isaiah and just say, Lord, I'm gonna trust you. I don't get everything, but you've given the sign and you've told me what to do and I'm gonna confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. I'm gonna believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead and I'm gonna believe that that will save me and set my feet on a course of following the true king. So Father, thank you for decisions being made in hearts. Thank you for the sign that you've given us that we remember this Christmas season and we look forward to a second sign that will appear in the heavens, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the second time he comes, it won't be as a baby, but it will be as the God-man, the resurrected king coming to make everything that's wrong in this world right again. And at Christmas, it's a good time to reflect on what's coming to help us persevere through what's difficult. So Father, bless your people. Strengthen them with this hope of Emmanuel. God is with us and for us. We're so grateful. We're so humbled. And we're just wanting to live out that reality, Father, in our families and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Walk in Truth, and this was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's Christmas teaching about the coming Messiah called Emmanuel. Remember to visit our website, walkintruth.com. It's our communication tool for you to learn more about our ministry, 
listen to programs you've missed, get resources to help you in your Bible study, and contact us with questions and prayer requests. Again, the website is walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. You know, when we think about Christmas, uh, really the word means Christ was sent. Christ Jesus came. You know, he didn't have to. Uh, God did not have to come and rescue us, but God so loved the world. He so loved you and me that he sent, that he gave his only son. And he gave him as the greatest gift of all, the greatest sacrifice, a gift that we can't earn, nor do we deserve, but wrapped in the love of God. You know, Jesus is the embodiment of the love of God and the truth of God. And he came on a rescue mission to save us and give us the greatest gift, which is eternal life. It can't get better than that. And so here we are on a blessed Christmas day. And my encouragement to you is just take a few moments today with all the unwrapping of gifts and other stuff that you may be doing today. Slow down just for a moment and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. On behalf of the staff here at Walk in Truth, my name is Pastor Michael Lance, and I want to wish you and your family a very blessed, peace-filled, and joyous Christmas day and Christmas season and a blessed 2020. We'll catch you next time on the broadcast. God richly bless you. Tune in tomorrow as we return to our series in 1 Corinthians. Tomorrow's message is in chapter 8, and it's called Knowledge Puffs Up, Love Builds Up. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Merry Christmas, and as always, we're equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.